I'm Darius and I'm Sam and welcome to the Oxford Studio podcast. This podcast is by young people for young people just to talk about the things that we care about. We're here to give you a voice whether that's the voice of your creativity, your professionalism or just something that you're doing that you feel needs to be spoken about. And if you want to get in touch and actually get on this podcast you really can. We don't like I mean, we promise. And we genuinely, we promise. But the real question here is, are you listening? I mean, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> Let's just get on into the podcast. Welcome back to the Black Lives Matter mini-series. There are some themes within this mini-series that may be upsetting to you. If it is triggering to you, themes of racism, bullying, and various other things, please we implore you to listen to another one of our podcasts that will be much more beneficial to you. Thank you, and I, we hope you enjoy the Black Lives Matter mini-series. Let's get into it right now. Hello and welcome back to the Oxford Youth Podcast. We are back in the Black Lives Matter mini-series. This is the first episode of Fantastic Allies and Where to Find Them. Today we will be speaking to Aria, a YouTube sensation, one of my besties, like our queen, like a certified queen. And again, I'm not just saying that because you're my friend, I'm saying that because it's factual, it is true. Her YouTube link will be in the description below. Like you can check her out, go watch her videos. They are empowering, they're inspiring. She recently released a video that is her poetry. Her poetry, you know, it was amazing. Like go and check it out. And another amazing lady that we had in today's episode is Jenny. Now Jenny is such a brilliant lady. I've had the privilege of working with her over the past year or so now. So she has worked alongside me and so many other amazing young people, including Sam, and there's some other brilliant people you've heard along this podcast so far. So you've heard from Taya and Christian along this journey um, of the Oxfordshire Youth Podcast. They are all part of Oxfordshire Youth Voice, um, and we all are involved in pulling together different amazing things, such as the Oxfordshire Youth Awards. They are coming, guys. I know it's been time. It's been time, but the Oxfordshire Youth Awards is coming soon. One day soon, hopefully by the time this is out, we will have a date, but soon <laughs> it coming. But Jenny is fantastic, such a brilliant, fantastic human being. And I am so, so privileged to know her. I'm so privileged to know both of these ladies. So we are going to get into this, just talking about so many different things. I just want to really delve into what and how it feels like to be an ally during I mean, the pandemic, <laughs> and during so many other things that have been happening in the world at this moment in time. So, let's speak to them right now. Hi guys, how are you doing? Aria, it's so lovely to see you. How are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you, Darius. It's really good, lovely weather, been productive today. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm just, I'm so happy that this is happening. Jenny, how are you? I'm very good, I'm just eating my lunch at the moment. <clears throat> You know what, girl, no shame. No shame. Food, food is life. Like, is. As we've discovered, as we've discovered over the Oxford Shoes podcast, we talk about food a lot. Like, probably more than we should do. Uh, 
Um, so Aria, like, I kind of plugged you a little bit earlier about your amazing YouTube channel and all the brilliant things you do, but like, tell the listeners, the viewers, just a bit more about your amazing channel. Oh, you're so sweet, Darius. Thank you. Um, I really, I honestly don't do much. I'm just kind of like a creative, aspiring creative. I want to go into the film industry, kind of make films that make a difference, uh, talk about issues that I had when I was growing up, issues that other people have faced that I don't really know about. Um, that's the kind of stuff I want to go into and I want to go to uni and study film production. And so that's why I kind of started YouTube, just to get me on my feet a bit, practice those filmmaking skills and just get talking about issues that I think are important. Awesome, fabulous. And Jenny, so I mentioned earlier, like, I feel like I've known you for just over a year now, I think, it's probably longer, and we've been working on some amazing projects together. Um, how, I think it's I mean, just under a year, actually. Yeah, it's been... Because I joined Youth Awards last Christmas. Oh my goodness. So just under a year? I feel like I've known you like my whole life now. Like I feel like the friendship has oh. been there. <laughs> but yeah, how has that experience been for you? Um, I really enjoyed it and being your personal photographer at Burnham Palace. All this one. There's <laughs> a lot of interesting things, met new people. Amazing. Like, I just, firstly, as, I, as I've said previously, like, you guys didn't hear it. I'll say it again now that you're here. I feel so honoured to know you both. Like, you're both so amazing in, like, different ways. And, like, yeah, I'm just excited to, like, get into this and have this, like, really, really deep conversation because it's important that we have these conversations, like, with our friends, with our families, with our colleagues. So yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Now, I've been asking this question to everyone, and I'll continue to ask this to everyone, but how did you guys feel, or how did you guys react when you saw the brutal murders of George Floyd, Amal Arbery, Brianna Taylor, and the countless others? How did you react to all of this atrocity? So yeah, and when I first found out about the murders I think I think it was a state of shock that first came over me right um as everyone else would obviously and I think what shocked me the most was not only the fact that the murders happened but the fact that it was brushed over like people tried to brush it over and stop talking about it and I think I don't know if that happened for everyone but I recognize that within like my own friendship groups and people I care about it was really difficult to just keep that conversation going because people want to start talking about other things and I remember when the Madeleine McCann thing started to come up and people were diverting away from Black Lives Matter and what happened with those murders and started talking about this disappearance of a little girl like obviously that's equally as important but that was a long time ago and this has just happened and this is happening to so many people and it just kind of screams white privilege doesn't it I mean yeah that was that was I think one of the hard parts about it, people choosing to be ignorant about it. Jenny, how did you react to all of this? Like, I mean, it's been a lot. I mean, probably not now. Now in the media, it's kind of quieted down quite a lot. Like, they like to kind of brush it under the carpet and be like, yeah, black folks can't still matter, not that much. But before, like earlier on in like this year, it was so, so loud. When I was having this discussion with my mother, um, 
two days ago. She didn't want me to come today because she was worried. And I, and I was like wondering why. And she was worried because she didn't want me to be a target for police if anything went wrong. But I'm here today because my mother shouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Jenny, how do you, how did you react when you first saw everything going on? Um, I feel like every year you always kind of have always one story that like someone that's been murdered by the police like kind of becomes like a martyr for the cause. To the cause, um, so like you're never really shocked when that happens, but like when you really do the research into it. The shock that how true it is reported is always like in America, never the UK. So like you never really know the extent in the UK yourself. So I think when you do the research, it's more than what the media kind of. Then I'll back. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, now the next question. I'm kind of. I think this is an interesting one because I want to get like your opinions on this because I feel like this leads into a bigger part of the conversation to do with Black Lives Matter. Um, obviously Black Lives Matter is not just a movement that is just for black people which I know is is seen everyone's like oh it's just black people like no no no, no. But this is a movement for equality because at the moment black lives currently do not matter. Once black lives do matter then we will have a bit more of a level playing field, therefore getting more towards equality. So I'm just interested, like, if you're comfortable discussing this, um, what is, like, your cultural background or heritage? And have you ever been um, a victim of either racism, discrimination, or anything like that? Because I feel like these all are different things that, lead into Black Lives Matter because previously in within this um, mini-series I was talking to an amazing lady called Sasha Johnson and we were talking about all of the I guess they're little things but they're really big things within the black community about how you hear all about you know the black men and women that have been killed but then you don't hear so much about the black trans men and women who have been killed or the black non-binary people who have been killed and it's like, wait, why not? Because they're just as important and it's like those are the kind of underlying issues that aren't talk talked about in like the black community. So I'm just intrigued, like what have you guys been through? Like have you been victims of racism or discrimination and what are your cultural backgrounds? Jenny, do you want to start on this one? As like a white cisgendered woman, I've never really had to deal with like racial issues. I'm obviously very privileged in that way. Um, I've been discriminated against as being a woman, but like I feel like it's nowhere near as bad as it would have been if I was a black woman. Even being a black woman, <laughs> I can't like in any way relate to being a woman in any way, shape or form. So no matter what I go through, like being a black man, going through any kind of like racism, discrimination, whatever, my journey is never going to be the same as a woman, let alone a black woman, because it's like my body doesn't get objectified in the same way that a woman does. So I think that's really, I mean, thank you for bringing that up because that's extremely important because 
when we're looking at equality, which is exactly what Black Lives Matter is talking about, equality, that looks at feminism. Because when you look at feminism at the moment, feminism as a whole is not intersectional. It's just kind of looking at just white women at the top being like the be all and end all of feminism. And I think that's an amazing thing to bring up. So thank you very much, Jenny. Aria, what, what is your response to that? Like, how do you feel at growing up where you grew up? Like, were you ever a victim of racism, discrimination? And also, what is your cultural heritage and background? Okay, uh, so most people can tell I'm of Asian descent. Um, I'm South Asian. So my parents are both from India in a little place called Kerala, which is in the South Coast. Um, so that makes me Malayali. It's a bit confusing, but yeah, I am Malayali. That's how I define myself. And yeah, I mean, of course, I've been a victim of racism. Like, it would be, like, very shocking if I wasn't. I think most people of colour are victims of racism at least once in their life. For me, luckily, I've not experienced it that much. And I think that may have something to do with colourism. I'm not too sure, but I think that being on the lighter side of my ancestors and, like, people in my family, I've had and reaped the benefits of that in I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but if someone was in, you know, my culture is darker than my, darker than me, there's a lot of colorism towards them. And, you know, we have skin lightening creams that everyone's sick of like fair and lovely. And there's all sorts of like skin bleaching and stuff that's recommended in the media and stuff. So I grew up seeing all of that and I was told to stay out of the sun. And whenever I did go in the sun, my family would, I'd come home and my family would be like, Oh, you're getting a bit dark area. That's, that's not very good. And I think that is, their anti-blackness actually and their phobia the asians the asians phobia of having dark family members because they're racist that do you know what i mean like they're being so horrible and discriminatory to their own people because of their hatred for black people and that that is a shame um but personally yeah of course i've had uh, racist like comments and stuff said to me a lot of the time it's the p word um you know that I, I'm sure you're familiar with it and stuff. And there was something called P bashing back in like, I want to say the 60s, 70s, I'm not too sure, maybe 80s. Um, and that, you know, people would literally go up and beat Asian people and just say, because they hated Asian people, they hated, hated Pakistani people and anyone brown was Pakistani to them. And that is still very present. Um, I was working in Boots not too long ago, a couple months back. And this elderly lady, she came up to my till point and said, oh, you're beautiful, where are you from? And I said, oh, um, I'm from India. And she said, oh, so you're not Pakistani? And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, oh, good, I can't stand them. Really? So, I, I, yeah, I just, you don't know what to say in that situation. And, you know, when you're in a customer service position, what are you supposed to say? You can't start an argument with them and then you want to, like, call them out and stuff, but you risk losing your job and it's so uncomfortable. And I'm sure there's millions of people that have been in the same situa situation as I. Like, you've probably been in it, Darius, yourself, like, where you actually can't say anything, even though you want to. Like, you could, but you risk losing your job, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I feel like, I think growing up, when you kind of get your first job, the likelihood is your first job is going to be in a customer service job. And then you go yeah, in yeah. as like a trainee and it's like, oh, yay, cool, I get money. And then, Someone says something to you and you're like, that's racist, like, don't say yeah. that. And then yeah. like, I remember being at a job and being a receptionist and being on the phones and it was a ridiculously busy day. 
Um, like all the phones were ringing. There was like twelve customers in store, and I was like, I'm literally the only person taking orders. Like, <laughs> bear with me, people. Like, bear with me. And like this, this one person decided to casually use the N word on their life. Ain't getting no food, like, like, don't use on me. So I got my boss and was like, Yeah, this person said this, deal with them because I'm not, like, I'm not dealing with them at all. And politely, that person was asked to leave. And all the customers in the store were like, Hold up, wait, why, why did you say that? And I guess if it was just that person in me, it would have been my word against theirs. And like, I guess they yeah. were white, I wouldn't have, nothing would have I have happening. a quick question. Um, sorry, like, as a white person, like, if you witness that situation going on, obviously yeah. it's important to step forward and defend that person. But how far does it go before it's, like, overstepping boundaries or, like, you're, like, kind of, you know, like, the whole white savior trope? Like, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you approach that situation without it going, like, too far? Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's an amazing question. That is um, a really good question. Oh, that is a brilliant question. I feel like obviously. It's because like obviously in like the whole movement it's important that we all voice some like you have to voice your opinion but like in a way it's not my opinion that needs to be heard but like you want do you know what i mean like mm. uh, yeah oh I, that is an amazing that's an amazing point because there are so many people i've been asked that before actually like where where is the line like where do i like where is it my opinion and where is it like not my opinion and i think it's brilliant yeah. you brought it up because loads of people will be questioning that and i think it's it's not so much like oh am i now a white savior because i've saved a person of color it's more yeah. so like someone is okay i think if you, if you take color out of it completely if you, if you forget yeah. colors there Someone is in need. Someone needs to help it at this moment in time. Yeah. Are you going to stand up and help them? And I feel like when when if you if you take that out of it, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But then I think mm -hmm. if you, I think when the whole white savior complex comes in, is based on your intentions behind it. Because if yeah, you're, so it's like. If you yeah. use that to big up yourself and to seem like you're yeah. a great person, like do it casually, don't do it for like attention or like acknowledgement. Don't speak about it, like you do it because it matters. You do it because that person is in a vulnerable situation and you do it because they need to be supported. Exactly. You know, like mm -hmm. people can stand up for themselves if they want to, but it's our roles as non-black people to step mm -hmm. up and say things that need to be said because it's our people letting down black people yeah thank you so much this, see this is why i've been so excited for these episodes because these conversations are ridiculously important because i yeah. mean personally for me it's amazing to even though i know you guys i know you guys say this anyway it's brilliant to hear it from you because loads of black people don't know that their friends have these opinions so to yeah. hear that they do is extremely comforting. It's just they're like, oh my goodness, like my friends are in my corner. Like if something was to go down, like if I had this friend around, like they're going to be here for me. And uh, there was this image, um, I think it was in Los Angeles, of these black people protesting and 
these um, ladies, white ladies, stood in a line protecting them from the police. And it's like, yeah. that's what we need. That, 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 that is what we need. We just, what, we, what we're asking for is just people to stand by us. We're not even asking for you to, like, you, I mean, obviously, yes, come to protest and everything, but sometimes we're not even asking for that. All we're asking for is just you to just stand by and to be our friends, just support us and stuff. Like, that's, that's sometimes all we need. Yeah. And yeah. I think, thank you guys so, so much because that, oh, that, that, like, touched like a nerve. And thank you <laughs> so much. Um, leading on from that, because I think this is like a perfect, like, bridge. How have your opinions of the UK, the media, the government, because hmm, the government be doing mad things, um, and <laughs> all of all of that, everything in the UK, how your opinions on them changed in the light of recent events? <laughs> Anyone can feel free to answer that one because I feel like I know what the answer will be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have mixed opinions about the media, mostly negative, mostly, you know, um, I think that you know, like with the statue being taken down in Bristol. Yeah. I heard a lot of people saying it should be put in a museum instead of just being demolished. And while obviously, you know, some people feel strongly about that, I have to disagree with it. And I think that why would you want to remember someone who caused that much pain? And I think the fact that they would rather put this statue up and remember them in a museum of this slave trader rather than of people who were enslaved, of the people who were tortured, essentially, right? So I think it's, I think the media was a bit iffy with the way they handled that. There was a lot of opinions saying, yeah, it should go, they should go in a museum. Yeah, that should, you know, be remembered. I'm like, but yeah, you say that, but what about the people that were enslaved? Do you remember their names? Do you have all their names written down? They don't. So how is that fair? You can't, you can't just take one piece of, you can't take a piece of history and only remember one side of it. I don't know, I I, that's like something I think they needed. If they, they were to have it in a museum, if they were to have it in a museum, I think both sides need to be highlighted. Like, even though they did, they still enslaved people and you know made people's lives incredibly difficult and horrible put them through horrible situations like if they were to do it um rather than just making them you know like seem like a good person like do you know what i mean yeah definitely um I, yeah like if they are going to do it then like no side of the story should be ignored yeah exactly exactly my point but I think that regardless, they shouldn't even be remembering these slave traders. But that's just my opinion. They didn't do anything good. But yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's a very valid point because, like, so much of history has been whitewashed. Why, why, can I speak English? So much of history has been whitewashed. And the fact yeah. that it has been, and we have to, like, find out now that, oh, actually, no, like, Winston Churchill wasn't actually that great. Like, yeah, he has, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he has done some good things. I'm not denying that, but he's done some bad things too. In the same way that, like, I'm sure in a couple of years or a couple of decades, and I'm, I'm again, if this comes out, I'm not going to be like proper defensive, I'm going to be like, okay, fine. But 
something about Barack Obama could come out being like he did this, 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 and this. Yeah. That's fine because it's like people do bad things. We are human. It's like But we need to acknowledge that and learn from it. Exactly. And when we don't do that, that's it's kind of like, oh no, they were only ever good. And it's like, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's that's what that's what's extremely, extremely important. So I'm gonna kind of just wrap it up a little bit now. We just want justice. We don't want to fight anymore. We don't want to rule with anybody. Like I said, justice is what we need. Last couple of questions. Mm-hmm. And I think this one could be quite important. How have you addressed racism within your own families, friendship groups, and communities? Um, I think when I've heard people make comments, even in my own family, I'm just like, why do you need to say that? Like, there's like, if you make them explain it, then they'll start to be like, oh, like if they make a joke about it and it's clearly a racist joke and you'll be like, oh, what do you mean by that? Then they'll understand what they're really saying and then they'll get all flustered and embarrassed and it's just like, so you know that it's not right to have that opinion, which is why you're getting embarrassed about it. Like, so you know that it's not okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I completely agree with you, Jenny. Sorry to jump in there, Darius. Um, I, I actually read something a little while ago that said, if anyone, well, a few years ago even, and I've always stuck by it, if anyone's ever racist to you or says a racist joke, just say, I don't find it funny. Can you explain it to me? And that puts yeah. them back. And my ex-boyfriend was actually really racist. I'm calling him out here. But he used to like say all these random little comments and stuff. And I, every single time I'd be like, what do you mean by that? Can you explain it? Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, oh, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, they can never explain. Yeah. So I completely agree. That's a really fantastic approach you've used. But yeah, but like, I think calling people out for their own behaviour and acknowledging that it's wrong is important because even if they don't change their opinion, the younger people that see that they're being reprimanded for that are going to learn that that isn't an okay behaviour. So like, even like, you know, it's not going to make an impact on the person that said it, you know, but it's going to impact the other people around them. A lot of the time, people don't even completely understand like the echoing jokes that they're saying because like they aren't jokes they're like very seriously hurtful things and as you're saying like if they can't explain it or they can't explain like anything behind it it's like well why you say it then <laughs> like why, why even open your mouth and say it um aria what about you like how have you like addressed it in like the people that so um Yes, yeah, so I actually have had a couple of phone calls with my own dad, uh, which have been challenging. I mean, I don't have the best relationship with my dad anyway. We don't live together. Um, so it's been hard. It's always been over the phone. I can't see his facial expressions. I can't, you know, have that connection with him essentially. So it's really just hearing his voice and speaking. And he said something really disgusting about black people. and. My whole life, I feel like I've been in a bit of a bubble and I've always thought, oh no, my family aren't racist. My family aren't racist. They just don't really like me being dark. That's what I kind of always thought. And he said something which I'm not going to repeat on here just because it's so barbaric. And it broke me. It really broke me. And I was crying down the phone to him. He said, Aria, why are you getting so emotional? Aria, this, I'm that. Dad, you know one of my best friends is black and you're saying this to me. You're saying this disgusting comment and he said no it's just I know how they are like this is how I was raised Aria this is the beliefs I have I'm like yeah you're, you're saying that you were raised like that but yeah. I'm telling you that's wrong that's not realistic and you're basing your 
opinions on black people off of assumptions, off of stereotypes. And that's really wrong. And I said, people make stereotypes about you, dad, you're a dark skinned Indian man. And, and this is how you're going to treat black people. And he said, I have friends that are black. I'm not racist. I have friends that are black. But you just, what, what is it you, exactly. What was it mm -hmm. you just said that like you, I know you're a good person. I know you're a nice person, but you're racist. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest right. thing about, you know, having a racist family member is the fact that you love them so much and you know they're a good person and you know they're amazing, but they're still that. They're, they've still got that negative part about them that you have to work on. And the way I've kind of dealt with it is just having those gentle conversations, having to hear him out, even though I don't agree with him, having to hear him out so that he hears me out. Because the only way someone is going to change their mind about something is if you listen to them so that they'll listen to you. And I feel like you have to be patient with these things and it still takes time. I mean, my, I think my dad is still racist, but he has heard me out and he has listened to me far more than he was a couple of months ago. That's interesting. I feel like, I agree. I feel like listening is extremely important on every side. Like listening to, as you said, like the racist opinions, listening to the anti-racist opinions, because yeah. that's the only place you can get to any kind of understanding. Like to understand like why people have those thoughts, feelings and opinions. Um, but yes, no, I think that's absolutely amazing. Yeah.